0: This is Crew Chiefs Corner Podcast hosted by Bobby Bailey. Check us out on social media, Facebook at The Crew Chief, on Twitter at The Crew Chief, Instagram at Crew Chiefs Corner, and on TikTok at Crew Chiefs Corner. And now on the Anchor Podcasting Network at Anchor.fm and the Anchor app. What's up, everybody? This is Bobby Bailey here with Cruci's Corner. On the the podcast today, we are going to break down the NASCAR Hall of Fame induction. So you have Dale Earnhardt Jr. is now a Hall of Famer, so we'll talk about that. His impact on the sport. And we'll also talk about Mike Stefanik getting in, as well as the Pioneer Ballot uh, uh, inductee, uh, Red Farmer. And then we'll talk about the Landmark Award winner in Ralph Seagraves. We'll also break down the craziness that was this past weekend's race at Homestead Miami Speedway and <clears throat> is Joey Logano and Chase Elliott actually going to be the rivalry now so we'll look at that we'll talk a little bit about that we'll talk about some news and notes and some breaking news we have the Talladega starting lineup which we'll go over uh as well towards the end of the episode um and Martin Truex Jr is going to be on the poll. so a lot to talk about we will get started right after this quick break here on the Cruchi's Corner podcast hosted by Bobby Bailey All right everybody we're back here on the podcast the Cruchi's Corner podcast hosted by Bobby Bailey and you know first and foremost i wanted to start off with the nascar hall of fame because it was it was the most recent thing and you know, it was, it was very interesting um, going back to our very first episode. I actually re-listened to the majority of the episode. I didn't listen to the whole thing, but I went back and tried to remember exactly kind of how I called the Hall of Fame. And uh, boy, I got two out of the – well, actually, I got all three. I did get all three, but I didn't get the landmark uh, award winner. But when you get the three people that are getting inducted and not the uh, landmark person, uh, you know, that's okay. But we didn't do too bad, uh, you know. As I predicted, Dale Jr. was going to get in. Uh, he got seventy six percent of the of the vote as far as ballots. He was on seventy six percent of the ballots. Uh, Mike Stefanik, the nine time modified champ, is on as well. So kudos to Mike Stefanik, and for those of you that um, are modified fans out there, um, it, that was a a important uh, an important. Um, person to get on there you know that's a guy that's a grassroots racer we talked to i talked a little bit about that in the very first episode you know you want to get those grassroots folks in the nascar hall of fame because uh, their accomplishments and you know they don't get recognized by as many people as they should and you know i think you look at red farmer you look at mike stefanik and and, and the the people that they represent the drivers they represent that you know, our, are champions, you know, at their, their local short track people that are just, you know, working nine to five blue collar racers. We kind of talked about it, you know, NASCAR has been really trying to promote their, their grassroots racing. And I felt like if NASCAR was really serious about this, you would see Larry Phillips or or Mike Stefanik get in the NASCAR hall of fame this year. And I really felt like Stefanik out of, out of those two individuals in particular was really the better of the two, um, you know, nine championships, but he also competed in the Bush North series. You know, he's dabbled in the Bush series. He's dabbled in some other uh, races as well. But Stefanik, um, as far as I was concerned, was the the other deserving candidate. Now, to circle back to Dale Earnhardt Jr., I know a lot of people kind of were on the fence with this one. Um, As far as the fan base goes, you know, obviously all the Dale Jr. fans wanted him in. I think the majority of them wanted him in on the first ballot. And uh, there was a lot of people out there that just didn't know if he was going to be uh, worthy of the Hall of Fame. You know, there's a lot of the, the the non-fans that were kind of debating back and forth whether Dale Jr. should get in uh, at all. You know, should he be a Hall of Famer? And what I said in the, in the first podcast episode, if you go back and listen to it, and I'll say it again tonight um, as I'm re- recording this one, is, you know, Dale Jr.'s accomplishments outside of the race car w- means something, okay? Yes, I know it's Dale Earnhardt Jr. Yes, I know he's you know, he is where he is because of his father. And I think, you know, it's, it's an unfair assessment to say that Dale Jr. is only where he's at because of his father, because, you know, if you listen to some of the the stories of growing up Earnhardt, you know, I think Kelly Earnhardt's done some nice, some nice things with some of the podcasts and, and some of the stuff she's done. Um, you know, Dale doesn't really talk about it as much, but, you know, I think the fact that Dale, you know, seeing your race so much and, the fact that you know junior didn't always get to see his father and and you know and there was a lot of other things going on there was you, you know uh Dale's mom Brenda was you know Dale Jr's mom Brenda wasn't you know um um with Dale senior you know they got divorced and then he met Teresa and and kind of Dale kind of didn't spend as much time with with Dale Jr and and Kelly and things like that so there wasn't always a Dale senior presence at at home. So, you know, it's not just Dale junior. And I think junior, you know, kind of explained it that, you know, he always felt like he wanted to try the racing thing, but he also thinks that part of the reason why he did it was because he wanted his father's attention. And I think it's a very interesting story. If you guys have time to go back and kind of check out some of the stuff that Kelly Earnhardt said about growing up, you know, Earnhardt, I think, uh, it's a very interesting backstory and, and a lot of things that, um, you know, the public didn't really see because it was behind closed doors. And, um, you know, a lot of people thought, you know, that Dale is this great, you know, human being. And, and, you know, there's, there's some shortcomings of Dale Sr. that, you know, people just might not have been aware of. So if you have an opportunity to go out there, I, I don't know the name of any of the stuff that she's done, but I know that uh, there, there's been some stuff that she's talked about, whether it's on uh, podcasting platforms or where it's at. But, um, you know, there's some really neat stuff about, uh, what Kelly has spoken about with, uh, growing up Dale, uh, you know, growing up an Earnhardt last name. It's, uh, it's very, very interesting. And it, you know, I think Dale Jr. Kind of touched on it a little bit, uh, in a, in one of the Dale Jr. Downloads. So, uh, you can check that out and see a little bit more about that, but, you know, getting back to junior per se, um, you know, his, his, contributions off track are, are enormous. You know, he's, he's, uh, an ambassador for the sport. He carried the flag literally, uh, for the sport when, when his father passed away. And, you know, Dale kind of a little bit yesterday, I I watched about 20 minutes of the Dale jr. Uh, downloading, and and it was about the 20 minutes right around when Dale uh, jr. Found out he was getting in the hall of fame. And, you know, you got to see some of his interactions with folks, Um, You know, Winston Kelly, you know, obviously letting him know he was in the hall Um, and and Dale, I thought, was very um, respectful of the fact that, you know, Winston Kelly was someone he's he's, you know, looked for advice from uh, throughout his career. Um, That was something I didn't even really, you know, know about. You know, I I think there's a lot of us that didn't know that uh, about Dale, you know, that there was people that literally uh, wrapped their arms around Junior after his father passed away. In two thousand and one that literally um you know pushed him through that that dark period of his life. And um, you know, Dale Dale Jarrett was one of those folks. Um, you know, I saw that interview that Dale Jarrett did with uh Dale Dale Jr. uh on Nascar America, and you could just see the the pride that Dale Jarrett has in Dale Earnhardt Jr. getting into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And it, it almost seemed like he was it was like Dale Jr. was a, a son for you know to him, and you could just see you know Dale Jarrett get emotional when Dale C- uh, Dale Jr. talks about um, how important Dale Jarrett was to uh, his own uh, career and and you know how much that you know he wanted to make Dale Jarrett proud, you know and he you know that was a reoccurring thing I heard especially with Dale Jarrett and then with Winston Kelly and it was funny because Dale Jr. referenced. Winston Kelly during his NBC um, uh, NASCAR America uh, show, you know, that interview, he he mentioned that on that hit that he did. And uh, I thought that was really interesting. And then um, Winston Kelly shared a pretty good story during his uh, brief time with Dale jr. He, he mentioned a story where uh, I think it was in 2016, the NASCAR hall of fame was doing the fan fest and they had to cancel because of some, Some weather down in Daytona and stuff because they couldn't get the drivers, and they were going to move it to the next weekend. And Dale Jr. texted Winston Kelly and said he would go and do it. And they brought up Justin Allgaier, Chase Elliott. Uh, He brought some other drivers with him to go and do it. And literally, Winston said, without Dale Jr. doing this, that we probably wouldn't have been able to put that event on because, you know, they're just it was going to be a big scramble to try to get people to come down and do it, even though it's right there in Charlotte. Um, you know, these guys, these drivers, you know, appearance schedules are kind of crazy during the, during the rest of the season. So they were trying to do it nice and early, try to get that block of time before the season really kicked off. And, uh, Dale Jr. You know, gave up a Saturday and, uh, for a few hours and and went down and did it. He brought Chase Elliott with him and I believe Justin Allgaier and they did a, uh, a fan fest event, um, a week later than they originally scheduled. Um, but it might, I forget it was weather in Daytona or it was weather up at Charlotte. Like they had a freak snowstorm or something, but they had to move that, that fan fest in 2016. And, uh, it was kind of, you know, Winston saying that this is the kind of stuff that Dale Jr. Did that nobody knows about. And this is the stuff that this is what Dale Jr. Is meant to the sport. And I kind of talked a little bit about it on, on the, that very first episode I did where, you know, Dale Jr. Is running the iRacing events. You know, and that was something Dale didn't have to do. I mean, Dale Jr. Is retired; he doesn't owe NASCAR anything, really, in that sense. But he decided he wanted to do it. Uh, he was—he's an avid iRacer himself. He wanted to get out there and do it, and that's what Dale Jr. did. He went out and and ran those um, those iRacing events, and and uh, you know was able to bring in some extra fans that way. I, I, I can't—I can't say that um, the popularity end of it is is not something that should be ignored but uh you know Dale Jr has always been a popular driver you know 15 time most popular driver in NASCAR um you know it's it's something to say so good job by Dale Jr there getting in um well deserved in my opinion uh definitely deserved it like i said the off track stuff uh helped his his on track career you know the 26 wins the two Xfinity series championships uh, I think it was like five or six uh, owner's championships with Junior Motorsports. Um, so Dale Jr. definitely has some accolades to get in. And obviously the one that he's probably, you know, should be the most proud of is his 15-time most popular driver award winner um, in his NASCAR Cup Series career. So um, good for Dale Jr. Like I said, Mike Stefanik. I mean, I can't say enough enough good things about about him getting in. Um, You know, Mike is is a you know nine time NASCAR champion. That's a a tie uh, on the all time championship list, and it's something that I don't think we'll ever see really broken. um, But is is quite an accomplishment in and of itself. And um, you know, the late Mike Stefanik is going to get honored. Uh, when they induct the Hall of Fame nominees in 2021 for this class, and and you look at like I said, you look at Stefanik. He, he embodies everything that a uh, the local short track racer goes through on a on a weekly basis. So uh, Stefanik getting in well deserved. Uh, one for the mod guys, one for the mod squad, as they they like to be referred to up there in New England. Um, but, uh, a big, a big moment, like I said, for the local short track racer, um, and, and those folks that, um, you know, should be in the hall of fame, but maybe not have the recognition or the gravitas that a Mike Stefanik has because of just maybe not in the, you know, en- enough of those, uh, well and modified champions, but the ground pounders put one in and, um, you know, red farmer for the pioneer ballot. Um, again, somebody else I really thought was was a slam dunk um, to get in. You know, red is um, not a kid. He's 89 years old. He's part of the Alabama gang. He's getting a car ready to go race. Um, You know, runs dirt track races now, pretty much down at the Talladega short track um, and and some other places all across the country. But red farmer over 700 career wins, um, you know, has won the 1956 NASCAR modified champ um, and, and has won some other, uh, championships across his uh, long, long racing career. And, uh, you know, it's great to see Red get in. Um, like I said, at the age of 89, uh, God bless him. You know, uh, the Alabama gang will have another another member inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. And you would like to think that next year we might be welcoming in another member of the Alabama gang, Neil Bonnet into the Hall of Fame probably for 2022. I would I would say Neil would be somebody that would be deserving of that as well. So um, good good class for the Hall of Fame. The Landmark Award winner, I can't argue um, with Ralph Segraves, um, what he meant for the sport as far as being an executive of RJ Reynolds and, and forging that pot- partnership with NASCAR, um, the, the NASCAR-Winston partnership really brought NASCAR's um, popularity. It helped create the sport that we have today. And, um, you know, without folks like Ralph Seagraves and, and um, all the folks that worked over there at RJ uh, Reynolds and uh, also at NASCAR at that time, we would not be here today talking about the NASCAR Cup Series the way we are. And it definitely wouldn't have the national reach that it does. Um, so, so well-deserving for Ralph and uh, his family. Um and and a, a well deserved uh, landmark award winner so um, really really good about that so when we come back from the break we will talk about uh, Homestead Miami I'll be honest with you I did not watch the end of the race because I was absolutely exhausted and I had to get to get back to work I was on vacation last week I had to get back to work on uh, Monday morning and or Sunday uh, was my get back to work day and then Monday was kind of a uh, kind of a foregone conclusion whether or not I was going to be able to uh, wake up uh, later or not. So um, I fell asleep, but towards the end, that that the rain delay just killed me, those those couple of rain delays. So we'll talk about the rain. We'll talk about all that fun stuff. We will also talk about Talladega coming up. We'll talk about Martin Truex Jr. winning the draw, so he will be on the pole for Sunday's race. We'll get you caught up on all the latest news. Uh, Corey LaJoy and Denny Hamlin's feud continues and is Joey Logano and Chase Elliott going to have a little bit of a tussle the rest of this season? All that and more coming up right after his quick break right here on the Coochie's Corner podcast. All right, guys, we're back here on the Coochie's Corner podcast And we were going to talk now about the Homestead Miami race. So like I said, in the, uh, kind of the tease there leading into the next segment, um, you know, I didn't get to watch the entire ending of the race. I know Denny Hamlin won. I know chase Elliott at one point during the race at the end there did, uh, overtake Hamlin for the lead and then chase hit the wall late in the running. Um, and Denny passed him back with about four laps to go, which, Sealed the victory for Hamlin. It's his third win of the twenty twenty seven, uh, the twenty twenty season. And believe it or not, uh, I think Denny. That, that was his. Was that his fortieth? I think that was his fortieth career NASCAR Cup Series win. Well, let me just double check that real quick. Well, let me go back in the archives here. Give me a second. I'm gonna go dig this up because I want to make sure I give you guys the right information. Denny Hamlin won. Yes, it is. His 40th career victory. Hard to believe. Hard to believe. Denny Hamlin with 40. Ties him with Mark Martin. Breaks his tie with Matt Kenseth. So, uh, Hamlin's got 40 wins. Uh, puts him, like I said, in a tie on the all-time win, sh- uh, win list with Mark Martin. Mark, uh, obviously another uh, very good race car driver that did not win a championship. And Denny has not won one yet either. So, uh, something to keep in mind as we move forward in racing, um, you know, down the road here, we'll see, see what Denny ends up with. Um, I'm, I'm going to assume he's going to get a 41 and, and, and beyond here, uh, rather quickly. But if you would have asked me how many wins Denny Hamlin would have had, I don't think I would have come up with 40. I would have said about 35, maybe 30, 30 to 35. I would have guessed off the top of my head, but not 40. So Hamlin wins. Chase Elliott finishes second, Ryan Blaney, third, Tyler Reddick, I mean, what a race by this young man! Uh, absolutely impressive the whole race. Um, he did forget that the race was not over. He uh, he apparently thought when he took the white flag that was a checker flag. Took a foot off the gas. Oh, Mark Martin at Bristol in uh, 1992. Although not that bad. Mark actually went down pit road when he took the white. He took the white and went down pit road and then take the checkered. And Dave, I think David Green won that race that day um, because of that. But uh, that was a, that was a very infamous, uh, you know, mind fart moment. But uh, Reddick comes home with a solid fourth place finish. Eric Amarola, another guy that kind of was there all day, um, quietly in there. Uh, Kyle Bush in sixth. Austin Dillon, shout out to him and his wife, Whitney, on the birth of their son, Ace. RC. Don't understand the RC initials, um, but apparently they said it's remote control, but I think it's RC for Richard Chojus, but that's just my opinion. Uh, Christopher Bell, another rookie, finishes in eighth. Then you had William Byron ninth, and Brad Keselowski comes home in 10th. So good runs for Bell and Raddick, two rookies, two guys that uh, competed last year in the big three for the championship. uh, They're at Homestead, Miami. And the guy that Really should have won the championship last year. Cole Custer, because he had the car to beat there. Um, but then hit the wall late in the race. And that's what gave Tyler Reddick his second consecutive championship. Cole Custer struggled. He finished 22nd. Uh, another rough race for Matt Kenseth. Brought it home in 25th, uh, 25th. Kevin Harvick, just just not a good night for him. Not a good night for Logano. Um, and Logano and, and uh, Chase Elliott made some contact on the racetrack. While Joey was going to lap down, he kind of pushed uh, Chase, gave him a bump draft, kind of going into turn three. Chase's car kind of got a little bit loose. Um, so, so uh, you know, Joey went with the whole, you know, he cost me a race, I cost him a race. So I don't know if that's even. Does Chase take it another way and, and go back and try to, uh, you know, instigate again, or does he just let it kind of die off? I don't know what, what really to make of that, but I, I just – I just don't know. Um, I don't know if that that's gonna be a rivalry um, that's gonna continue the rest of the year. I know NASCAR, you know needs something. They need something to help uh, you know, kind of spice the season up a little bit. There's been a lot of um, talk about you know social issues and things that um, you know NASCAR kind of put themselves in that position because uh, they took those stands, which they had to do. I mean,'ve I've talked about it on the on the podcast uh, at great length the last couple of episodes. Um, you know, NASCAR took the stance that they had to, um, you know, you can't come out the other way. They would have looked silly, um, by doing so. So it's not, it's not catering the bubba. Like I said, last episode, it's really not catering the bubble. It's not catering to one particular person. It's, it's, uh, the societal thing that, you know, right now, everybody's got to, um, really understand that there's, uh, a lot of, a lot of things going on and and, and the world's changing the, you know, society's evolving and, and, um, you know, sometimes change is hard to accept. Um, it's always been hard to accept for a lot of people. Um, you know, some people are easy to move with change and some people like to stay with the old styles and and the old ways. And, um, you know, that's, it's not just the, the things that we're dealing with right now in society. It's, it's all kinds of stuff, you know, they change, um, you know, now that they have, you know, all, all the stuff we've been dealing with coronavirus, you know, people, people before this whole thing with George Floyd and, and all the stuff uh, with the rioting and the looting and everything that we've been dealing with, you know, before that, people were complaining about wearing face masks. You know, they were saying that that that's, you know, that's violating their rights. So there's there's been a lot of pushback with issues. Um, and I know this is not a, a you know, that kind of a, a podcast, but um You know, I think NASCAR. Like I said, at at the end of the day, when when they banned the Confederate flag, did the right thing. Um, You know, I think it's not something that you're going to come out and and go the other way because they have multi billion dollar companies that invest in the sport. They have a a big TV contract, um, and and they have a lot of partners um, and stakeholders in this sport that need them to have strong stances. Whether you agree with them or not, that is your opinion. You want to boycott by not watching NASCAR, by not keeping up with the, um, with this, the sport, that's your prerogative, that's your right. Um, but you know, the one thing that, that I've been seeing and it's been coming up a lot is people are just commenting on stuff. And, you know, anytime I share a NASCAR post, it's, there seems to be a couple people that say something and, and I've already had to ban people. Uh, I talked about this on the last podcast as well. Uh, anything that's derogatory, I'm just going to get rid of it. You know, I'm not. I'm not here to stir the pot, Um, you know. I know some people are are giving some flack to some people because you know they posted the Bubba Wallace car and they didn't post the the Blue Lives Matter car. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be honest with you. I didn't post the 47 car because, as I said in the last podcast, um, I'm going to kind of treat this like I I treated the things, the stuff with with uh, Donald Trump, with the cars with Trump on them and the and the trucks that you know. Um, you, you put those kinds of things out there. People take it the wrong way, even though you have the best of intentions of just reporting news that, um, you know, they just become, you know, literally hot messes for, for comments. And, and that's not, you know, that's not something I want to waste my, my free time that I'm doing running this, this, uh, this operation to report NASCAR news. I'm not here to, uh, try to make you think one way or the other. That's, that's, uh, totally within your rights, but, at the end of the day, um, you know, we, we are going to have to, you know, uh, police it as much as we can. But, um, you know, for those of you that are, are wondering why, you know, you might see some stuff get deleted, you know, Oh, I saw this yesterday, but now it's gone. Well, you know, we've been scrubbing some stuff because, um, you know, it's, it's the right thing to do. I mean, you gotta, gotta keep a family friendly, f- uh, kid friendly as much as we can. Um, because, you know, it's, it's the right thing to do. Um, you know, and there's just certain things that just have been said that are just not not appropriate for an online forum and a, and a group that's trying to run a a, uh, a family friendly page as much as we can. Um, I know sometimes on here, you know, I might slip a curse word now and again, but I try to be very careful with that. Um, but, you know, those things happen. So moving on, um, like I said, you know, we, we had a really impressive race Um you know, you know, Logano and, and Hamlin, I think that that's just going to be a thing that we're going to see um, kind of die off. Um, I mean, not Logano and Hamlin. I mean, Logano and Chase, I think that thing will die off. I, I think at some point in time, cooler heads will prevail. And uh, that's not something we're going to see going through the rest of the year. I think that's just something that, you know, I think it was an interesting uh, time period for Joey to, to do his payback. Um, but I guess, you know, he didn't want to forget about it. Um, And we'll see what happens. We'll see if uh, Chase has a retaliation later in the season, maybe when Joey needs a win or something. And uh, those guys are trying to, um, you know, get a victory and maybe to advance in the playoffs. And if Chase can somehow keep uh, Joey from that, you know, maybe something will happen. But um, that's that. The other drivers that have beef is. Denny Hamlin and Corey LaJoy. So apparently there's been this whole Twitter thing. If you go on Twitter, you can find it. Just search Denny Hamlin or Corey LaJoy. Apparently the latest in this saga is uh, Corey said that Denny threatened him, you know, to take him out on the racetrack. Um, And he also texted that to to Archie St. Hilaire, the car owner of the 32. And he texted it to uh, Corey's crew chief and a couple other folks on the team. So apparently according to um something I was posted on Toby Christie's website, um, there was a Kumbaya in the NASCAR hauler, and apparently they told the two to simmer down and, and kinda keep it keep it uh kind of PC and 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 uh, just get along because you know they they warned Denny if he did actually follow through on his I'm gonna take you out threat, they were gonna probably look at parking him. Uh, if he did such an action. So they kind of gave Denny the warning and, uh, Denny basically said afterwards, it was false that, uh, he threatened him or whatever. So, you know, whatever. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a totally silly thing. I think Hamlin and, and Corey LaJoy, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think Corey's really looking to, to have Denny's, you know, is looking to create a problem with Denny. I think Denny's just, um, just being Denny, you know? To be honest with you, I think he's trying to pick a fight um, that maybe he doesn't need to be picking because, you know, Corey LaJoy's competing for a top 25 when Denny Hamlin's trying to win a championship. So I wouldn't want to piss somebody off that, um, even though he doesn't have the best car on the racetrack most weeks, I wouldn't want to piss somebody off that you got a lap at most races in order to um, to win them. So uh, I wouldn't want to piss Corey LaJoy off because, you know, that lap car could take you out and you could be uh, in a lot of trouble when it comes to... Uh, championship time you know if you get taken out in an accident so um you know just a word to the wise there on denny so talladega we got talladega this weekend we had the uh qualifying draw just ended i'll get all that stuff up either tonight or tomorrow morning but martin truex jr is on the poll for the uh talladega super speedway um so he won the uh draw and we'll have all that stuff up on our facebook page Uh, so that's facebook.com slash the crew chief. And you can catch all the latest news and notes there along with, like I said, the Talladega qualifying results, uh, qualifying draw results, which will get posted later tonight or tomorrow morning, which will be Friday morning for those of you that are listening, listening to the podcast later on. So, um, that is that, but, uh, as far as this weekend goes, you guys know my thoughts on the, the super speed weights. It's a crapshoot. Uh, it doesn't really matter which one you go to. They're kind of all the same. There are certain guys and gals that are usually really good at these places. Um, I don't know why I said gals because Danica hasn't raced in three years, but you know, you never know. Um, <clears throat> but anywho, um, you know, there's a lot of people that are really good at these places. You know, I, I do think. Um, a surprise winner is not out of the question. Um, and what I mean surprise winner, a Matt D Benedetto, uh, some of these guys that are, are maybe not people that you think of right off the top of your head when it comes to some of the other places, but D Benedetto, I would say maybe some of the rookies like a Cole Custer, a uh, Tyler Reddick, a uh, Christopher Bell. Those guys are going to be kind of people to watch out for uh, because the plate packages, Um, are a little bit different this time around, but I do think that people that are, are used to running plate races are going to have a little bit of an edge on the others, you know, and it's not like it was three, four years ago, you go to Daytona Talladega, you'd always have to throw Dale jr. In the mix, you know, there's not really, I would say a pied piper when it comes to plate racing. I think the closest thing we have to it is Brad Keselowski, um, Brad's one, a number of plate races, and I think he would be someone to keep an eye on. Chase Elliott, obviously, won there in the spring. He would be somebody to watch. Joey Logano, again, somebody else to keep an eye on. Ryan Blaney, who won there in the fall during the playoff uh, race, would be somebody else um, that I would say keep an eye on. But as far as who's going to win this Sunday and my, what my picks will be, is I'm going to go kind of a little a little bit off off the beaten path here. Um, I know these guys haven't really had the season that, um, they would like to have, but the guy that's in this car is a, a, uh, a champion. He is a guy that has won at Daytona. I don't think he's ever won a Talladega. I'm trying to think. I don't think he's ever won a Talladega, but I'm going to go on a uh, out on a limb. And this is going to be one way. I think this guy gets in the chase because he missed four races this year. But um, for those of you that are watching our, our, uh, our podcast live on our YouTube channel, so search YouTube for Cruci's Corner. You'll see all the, the live podcasts that we've done. This is the second one we've done on there. Um, and you can also go on twitch.tv slash Giants02122 and catch our uh, Twitch stream of the recording as well. Those are all available to you, so you can watch the next podcast live on one of our social channels. Um, But I do think Matt Kenseth will pick up the victory on Sunday afternoon and get his ticket punched for the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. I think that 42 with Hendrick Horsepower and a driver who has gotten the job done at a restricted plate track before will head to Victory Lane for the first time at Talladega Super Speedway. And I do think that that 42 car will be the one that's parked in Victory Lane and will quiet a lot of the haters out there on the 42 camp and Matt Kenseth will be uh the one with the victory so that's kind of my outlandish pick um I say my second pick it's a little outlandish but I do think that Austin Dillon is somebody to keep an eye on so I'm going to say Austin Dillon will be my kind of my underdog dark horse pick because Austin doesn't really um They've been better this year, but Austin's not somebody you would think at at a plate track. I know he has a Daytona 500 or in, I know he wrecked, uh, uh, Eric Amarola to get it. Okay. But, uh, I do think Austin Dillon's going to have a good run and he will be somebody to keep an eye on Sunday at the Geico 500. So you have the race. I think it's going to be 3:30 Eastern on Fox. So you can catch that. And let's talk a little news and notes here. So, in case you guys missed it, Bristol is now going to be the home of the NASCAR All-Star Race. NASCAR announced this week that they will move the perennial Charlotte uh, All-Star Event to Bristol Motor Speedway. That race will happen on July 15th. That race will be on Fox Sports 1. And the um, the uh, the details of everything will be announced at a later date. The state of Tennessee will allow NASCAR to have 30,000 fans in attendance at the Bristol Motor Speedway. So for ticket information, you can visit BristolMotorSpeedway.com. Tickets will be $35. um, And you must buy those, I believe, in advance to be able to attend. I don't think there's going to be any walk-up ticket sales. Um, So you can check that out. Don't forget, there's 5,000 fans going to be allowed in the stands this weekend at the Talladega Super Speedway. You had to have already purchased a ticket or they did have a very brief window that they opened public sale tickets, uh, for, but you have to live within 150 miles of the Talladega super speedway. And they did uh, lift a restriction on being just an Alabama resident. You can live in one of the neighboring States and be 150 miles away and you'd be allowed to purchase a ticket. But for that, you would have to go on uh, Talladega's website, which I believe is talladegasuperspeedway.com. And you can check them out on there. So, um, and then this weekend, we also have our Dash for Cash for the NASCAR Xfinity drivers. Um, we have um, lots of people that are going to be tuned into that. I believe Justin, uh, I mean, you have um, AJ Allmendinger going to go for another one of those checks. And um, we'll see how that all ends up for him and the colleague boys. And uh, it'll be a fun one to watch for sure. And I believe uh, Chase Briscoe is going to also compete for a shot after chase one uh the second of the double headers at homestead miami now that is something real quick i want to go back on the xfinity race the double header at homestead miami it was funny because the saturday race which is the one dale jr ran um you know was was very interesting i saw that i didn't really watch the sunday race because i was at work um but i will say the saturday race was was quite entertaining um, I just think the Xfinity series this year, for whatever reason, has has been putting on some better races than the cup races at, at times. Um, not that I thought the cup race was boring by any stretch, but I did think the Xfinity cars, there was a lot more slide jobs. There was a lot more uh, strategy calls. There was a lot more, uh, you know, just hard nose racing um than there was on the on the cup side of things. So, I do think the Xfinity cars do put on a little bit of a better product right now. And I think that's something NASCAR is going to have to take into consideration when they bring the Gen 7 cars out. That they're going to have to do a little bit of work to make these NASCAR um, uh, cup cars uh, a little bit better. But we'll see how that all works out as we head towards this uh, you know, this next generation car. So we'll have a whole nother year to deal with this car. And then 2021, we'll get the uh, the last year of the Gen 6. And in 2022, we'll get the first year of the next Gen, Gen 7 car. So we'll see how that all turns out. But uh, just a very interesting Xfinity race for a lot of reasons. You know, Chase Briscoe losing the ballast. His team got penalized. Um, so he had the same penalty. Hamlin had crew chief, car chief, and race day engineer all suspended for uh, the next four events and um uh we'll see how that all kind of shapes uh Briscoe's season obviously he won on Sunday in the second race of the of the doubleheader so a good win there for Briscoe kind of rebound uh, from that but you knew how good that car was going out out of Saturday you know he made up 6 laps and finished 7th so we can't really say much there in that regard about how good Chase Briscoe has been this season in that number 98 Ford Mustang at Stuart Haas racing. So this weekend, like I said, Talladega for the Xfinity cars, it's kind of a crapshoot as well. I do think that we are going to get a, a very weird weekend. I think we're going to see kind of some, some, um, names that you don't really get to see normally up in the front on both series. I do think, you know, Ryan Sieg has been running really well in the Xfinity series, uh, Ryan got his first uh, – he actually got his second and third career stage wins uh, this weekend at Homestead, Miami. Uh, yes, they u- used a little bit of tire strategy, but it worked out brilliant uh, brilliantly in both races. So great job there by Cowboy and the boys over at RSS. If we could ever finish a race, man, I, I tell you, Ryan Seed would be in victory lane already at least once or twice this year. Uh, those guys really just have it heading in the right direction. They're going to bring three cars this weekend that are going to go for the win. Myatt Snyder in the 93, and the 2000 champ Jeff Green is back in the 38 with C2 uh, Freight Resources on the 38. So uh, give our friends at RSS Racing a shout this weekend, and hopefully we'll see one of those RSS cars parked in Victory Lane. And uh, hopefully it's Ryan Seed because I really want to see that boy celebrating. The one I really want to see party is Rod. I I, I just – I know I've met Rod and I just know that that man, if there is ever a Ryan Sieg victory, that party would be off the chain quite literally. Rod Sieg knows how to party, but, uh, you know, maybe I got to just stop picking Ryan. Cause maybe me picking Ryan to win a race last week, jinxed him, uh, or two weeks ago in Atlanta. Um, but you know, I do think Ryan's got, got a real shot at it. And, um, that's not just the fan in me of Ryan Sieg. It's uh, it's it's the truth. I do think he's got a shot at winning a race this year. Those boys, in, uh, those boys have been very good over there, and uh, you know that Georgia boy will get get in a, a big win this year. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. So coming up in about eh, fifteen minutes or so. So if you're listening on the podcast, just ignore this piece. But for those of you that are watching us on YouTube and on Twitch, and like I said, you can. You can do the same thing. So just uh, check us out on YouTube. Just search Cruci's Corner. You can check out our social channel on there. You can catch the live recording that we just did of the uh, of this podcast. So this is episode number 18 of season one on uh, the Cheese Corner podcast. And um, so be sure to check us out on YouTube. Like I said, search Cheese Corner. You can find our video and you can find our channel there. That way and then we're also on twitch twitch.tv slash giants zero two one two two like I said, you' gonna catch the podcast being live recorded and we try to do this every time. so we normally try to do like Mondays and Thursdays. Um, we might have to be a little bit creative next week um, because I don't think my traditional time slots are gonna work, but we'll we'll kind of see where we're at and um, we'll uh, we'll adjust as necessary. But until next time, we'll be back. Uh, like I said, hopefully around Monday or Tuesday with another episode of the podcast. You can catch us on Facebook Live. We're going to be on Facebook Live at uh, eight thirty. So for those of you that are listening uh, live, check us out on there at eight thirty p.m. For those of you that are listening to the podcast uh, after Thursday, so you know if you're listening tomorrow morning, you're listening. You know Friday morning on your way to work. Uh, if you want to go check out the Facebook Live. It'll be on facebook.com slash the crew chief. So until next time, be safe, everybody. Enjoy Talladega. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And we'll catch you early next week with the Talladega breakdown and all the latest news and notes right here on the Crew Chiefs Corner podcast. And this is hosted by Bobby Bailey. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Crew Chief's Corner podcast. I'm Bobby Bailey. Check us out on social media, Facebook at the Crew Chief, on Twitter at the Crew Chief, Instagram at Crew Chief's Corner, TikTok at Crew Chief's Corner, and on the Anchor app at anchor.fm. Thanks for listening.